we are bike kind of welcome to another episode of the ace of spades podcast i am cam aka the dynasty demigod aka the ace of spades thanos aka the four time champion aka mr okay i'm reloaded and i'm in the lab with the ace of spades leading score co-host extraordinaire curtis aka kirk cash aka the ace of spades tracy mcgrady aka danny's big big homie a k a mr take your best player and send tabron into a rebuild kurt what's popping yeah you know had to do that to my rival bro i i needed eckler man you know i like him <laughs> he left you no choice so today is going to be an unusual podcast, bro. We obviously got the news earlier that Cam Newton has tested positive for COVID-19. And our season is in the balance, bro. What are your initial thoughts about what's going on and having potentially four teams wiped off the slate this week? Well, I mean, uh, initially when I heard about the Titans and the Steelers, I was like, man, I hope that this is, you know, just an anomaly and not a trend that we'll see continue. But, man, if there are going to be games wiped off the, you know, wiped out week after week, it's kind of hard to have a fantasy season at all. Um, Yeah, man, it's just creating a lot of complications. And, uh, I mean... Still hopeful that this is a trend that we don't see continue, but just with, you know, I have heard uh, rumors that the teams have been getting a little more lax with their uh, COVID testing and um, practices. Like um, it's not as as, as uh, strict as they, as they were during like training camp. So I don't know, you know, this is something that we might be seeing like week after week for a while. What do you think? Yeah, I think our season is effectively over if this continues. If this is an isolated incident like we had in the MLB earlier in the season, I'm fine with continuing business as usual. It's just a tough break for teams during the week where they have, you know, um, players wiped out from the slate. And there really isn't a way to rebound from that. But I think uh, if it's just one or two weeks that we're talking about, it's no big deal. If this continues throughout the season and it's just like a last man standing thing in fantasy. That's not really something that I'm comfortable moving forward with uh, for our league. So when it comes to the implications for our league, well, first and foremost, let's let's tie off this Cam Newton thing. So for, for additional context, Cam Newton tested positive, putting the Chiefs-Patriots game at risk. But also the Chiefs practice squad quarterback, Jordan Tiamu, tested positive. He was like the Cam Newton for the Chiefs defense. Uh, you know, because he's, he's a mobile QB, so they were, like, practicing against him. So they have a positive test as well. So just based on the fact that players from the Titans are testing positive today that weren't positive three days ago, 
I don't see how the NFL lets the the Patriots get on the plane. Yeah, yeah, it would be irresponsible at this point because you know, uh, all in all likelihood, Cam Newton is not going to be the only Patriots player that tests positive for COVID. So, exactly, and since testing isn't, it doesn't seem to be at least you know super advanced or accurate at least at the point of testing with all these tests like siphoning in day after day from the page, uh, not the Patriots, the Titans organization. Uh, I agree that it would be irresponsible to even attempt to play this game on Monday or Tuesday, like they're, like they're saying. So, you know, for our, for our fantasy season, bro, like I'm comfortable let just, just playing it out. But if this continues, man, I mean, we're this, you know, our season is effectively over. We're not really playing for anything. It's just, um, it's unfortunate. You would have wished that, uh, all the organizations and the players would have been a little more responsible and stayed on their P's and Q's. But um, it is what it is, and this was always a risk coming into it. So let's get uh, th- through the rest of the news and notes items. So um, obviously the Titans-Steelers game is postponed until week seven for now. Uh, another thing, Kurt, the NFL kind of tweaked when they didn't install like a double buy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They definitely should have should have put, you know, I think we talked about this like over the summer, but man, they kind of just, it seemed like the NFL waited until the last minute and they didn't really put anything in place. Like as far as like this, this COVID uh, stuff and they had more time than like a lot of the other leagues. Uh, A lot of the other leagues, their seasons were interrupted like mid season or it was like right before the season was getting ready to start. So they had the most time to prepare. And I don't think that they did the best job um, preparing for, uh, you know, these times. I agree. They definitely had the most time to prepare. They actually, for sure, had the the, the most time to prepare. The NFL season started, uh, you know, after MLB, after NBA, after tennis, after golf. So, uh, I mean, and I thought the NFL did a really good job through three weeks. You know what I mean? We they had no positive tests, and like you said, I think players and teams just got a little lax. And it's it's serious, bro. Like, it shit is nothing to be played with, Ray Voice. So, <laughs> anyway, a couple options that that I thought about that that would have been pretty cool. Um, but it obviously just won't happen because it's just like it's just too difficult to to do on the spot. The Chiefs could have played the Steelers this week, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And just be like, "Fuck it, we healthy, y'all healthy. Let's just play." But then, like playing against the Chiefs with no no preparation, that's just too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I. I um I respect Mike Tomlin a lot, so I know he probably would have been with it, just because you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just the way he's been talking about, you know, this postponement or like, you know, the fact that they're gonna have to take their bye weeks so early in the season. He's like, we don't he said, care. We don't care. Yeah, he said so, we don't give a damn. Yeah, yeah. yeah Tomlin will play anybody anywhere, but uh, that was a suggestion as well as like a league wide bye, which I don't want to see. Like I don't care. if – Four teams aren't playing, or we have to wipe a couple games off the slate. I want to see football on Sundays. We waited too long to have the season start, so I'm opposed to that one. Uh, but anyway, Titan Steelers got postponed until Week Seven. Uh, players will obviously be unavailable to uh, fantasy GMs this week, as well as most likely the Chiefs and Patriots game. Um, but they will be available to the rest of the season, which is why I say, you know. Even if it's unfortunate that teams will lose games because, you know, Steelers players, Chiefs uh, players, Patriots players, Titans players aren't available this week, they don't have to deal with a bye for the rest of the season. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is, that so, is a plus. 
Yeah, so I, I think it kind of offset. That's why I'm not really like I'm not really tripping if this is just an isolated incident. Like obviously I have a lot of Chiefs players, so I have to do some some work around with my roster. But knowing that I have you know my players throughout the rest of the season, barring any additional setbacks, if this is just an isolated one week incident and then everybody clamps up and we can get the rest of the season intact, then you know I'm not really tripping off this week. Uh, let me get through the rest of these news items so we can we can get into the actual content of the podcast. So. Chris Godwin is out for a couple weeks, seemingly with a hamstring injury. Leonard Fournette out this week with an ankle. George Kittle is back, practicing in full. Uh, Falcons, wide receivers, they're both nursing injuries, but they're both trending upward, so it looks like Calvin Ridley and Julio are going to play. Will Fuller, Will Hamstring Fuller, popped up randomly on the injury report with his annual perpetual hamstring injury. (laughs) Bro, Will Fuller... I don't own Will Fuller anywhere in Dynasty, bro, because, th- like, dude, how can you feel comfortable with a player like this on your Dynasty team? He's available for a quarter of the season, and you never know which games he's going to be available for. And he's always out with a fucking hamstring injury. I wouldn't e- This dude would be on waivers, bro. If Will Fuller was on waivers, Kurt, I would leave him there. Uh, hey, bro, I might have to snatch him up, but... I, I wouldn't want to rely on him for week to from week to week, man, just because he does have like a tendency to be injured. So yeah, I understand where you're coming from with that. Kurt, I would Kurt, I would pick him up and I'd drop him again. <laughs> a tendency. This nigga's hurt every year, and every year it's a hamstring. I'll leave that nigga right on waivers, bro. Mitchell Trubisky got benched. Um, what does this mean for Nick Foles? And do we think this benching is permanent? Uh, I don't know. I don't really care either. Nick Foles is not good. Trubisky's not good. I mean, what do you think? It's hard to say that it's going to be permanent, man, because we've seen Nick Foles in these situations before. So it's one of those things where it could be one week is Trubisky, the next week is Nick Foles. Like, they're going to pull one of them when they suck and put the other one in and then play them until, you know, they're not good anymore. That's kind of what it seems like. The situations that Nick Foles finds himself in. So That's true. They will be playing a QB carousel until Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are fired, I'm sure. Uh, Hakeem Butler moved to tight end for the Eagles. Um, what did you like this, Danny? We don't care. <laughs> we don't care. Yeah, I don't, I don't think this nigga's the next Darren Waller. He could be, though. It's always interesting when a wide receiver moves to tight end. Mo Ali Cock to be featured more. The dude's been playing well, man. Um he got his opportunity, and Philip Rivers likes throwing to the tight end, and he's been making the most of those opportunities. Uh, Tariq Cohen out with an ACL for the year. David Montgomery should see more work. Then we have Daryl Henderson, a.k.a. Darnell Anderson. Is he the RB1 for the Rams now, bro? Um, And it's tough to say, but I'll say at the very least he's going to be in like a – he's going to get – probably, yeah, because I would say – at at the least, bro, he's gonna begin like fifty percent of the share of the, of, of the uh, of the snaps. That's what that will that would be my prediction. At least like half the carries. So he's ass. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I, I think I think he'll get I think he'll get fifty five sixty percent of the of the touches because you know um, he, he he can play on all, all three downs, and he's been the best at least the past couple weeks out of that backfield. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. And uh, rookie news, T. Higgins emerges. He goes for, you know, 50, 60 yards, I think, and 50 yards and, and two touchdowns. Uh, so that was good to see um, from the the early third-round pick 
for KB. He got him at like pick 25, so that's a really good pick. And then Justin Jefferson. LSU alumni explodes onto the scene with a buck 75 and a tutty. Dude, I need him on my team, bro. I mean, Elmo needs to come get – I was about to say a second. I don't even have any picks, bro. He needs to come and get a fourth, a fifth, and Anthony Miller. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, that's – um, yeah, you like to see that from, from a rookie, man. That's a player that I would be interested in for sure, even if that's not like – I mean, obviously he's not going to put up 175 yards every week, but – um, I think, you know, with wide receivers, if they show like like those type of games early on in their career, man, like in a couple of years, he might be somebody who is like popping off on a weekly basis, man. You just you just never know. I agree one hundred percent. Anytime a, a young rookie player, you know, breaks out as a rookie or produces early on at a young age, um they usually finish how they start. So that's really, 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 really a good sign for Elmo and and uh, KB with T. Higgins that they are producing at, you know, such an early point in their career. So let's get into the ace of spades news and notes. So as I mentioned, if this COVID trend continues, our season is effectively over. Um, I'll keep I'll keep the league active and we can continue to play out matchups and things like that. But um, if this is an isolated incident, and, and I mean week four, if this isn't isolated and we continue to see games wiped off the slate, we're going to transition into a, a draft lottery process and prepare for next year. Um, what we mentioned earlier in the season about um, doing the draft lottery for the bottom six teams and letting the top 16, uh, I'm sorry, the, the top six teams uh, slate out their uh, picks due to um, current standing, uh, what we talked about uh, in the event that we didn't have a season, we're going to revert to that um, because there's just no way uh, to get, you know, an accurate depiction of uh, the season throughout if most teams are missing players on a week-to-week basis due to COVID and games are being canceled. It's just not – there's really no accurate way to determine – the final standings of the league with the state of the NFL as it is right now. Yeah. Well, I'll say this, bro. I think if we do have to cancel the season, the winner should just be whoever scored the most points before players start catching COVID, bro. I mean, I, I think that's just, that's just fair, you know? Um, yeah, bro. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't care who crowns themselves. What uh, I'm, you know, it, it's, it's just the season is, it's it's anomalous to say the least. And like I said, I'm I'm happy to to keep the league up and running, and we can play matchups, and I'll I'll continue to trot out you know Anthony Miller and Gerald Everett, and you know just play for fun. But I mean, this is not you know this is this is not a this is not a, a fantasy football season. So uh, I'm I'm willing to to play it out. Like I said, it's just one week. So if we go to week five and we're good, and week six we're good, and week seven we're good, and we you know we we, we We'll continue the season, you know, business as usual. But if we go through next week and, you know, another game has to get canceled due to a breakout in the next week, you know, no, it's just not going to be um, feasible to try to get through the season. And, you know, to be honest with you, I don't I don't want to manage it. It's already difficult um, to try to navigate when just two games are wiped off the slate. Like I made the executive decision to move one of the flex spots in our league because, you know, um, not a lot of people have additional bodies. You know, we already have a historic rate of injuries in the NFL. 
and people are already down men. And now you add COVID and games being wiped off the slate. Our league is just too deep. Uh, and I, like I said, I didn't want to do a last man standing type season where, you know, whoever had the ability to maintain health throughout the season is just the de facto winner. So, like I said, we'll, we'll keep a close eye on it and we'll play through this week and we'll play through next week. But if it gets to a point to where we're just having so much difficulty trying to maintain the league and, and you know, games are continuously being wiped off the slate, there's just no there's just no point in, in trying to execute a full season. Um, I've never been a proponent of, of, of format changes midseason, but but COVID is, is truly unprecedented. And the injury rate we've seen so far is unprecedented. And um I'm a huge fan of the format, bro. Like, I, I love the two running back, two wide receiver, uh, two flex, super flex. I was having a lot of fun with it. We get to, we got to see some, like, crazy high-scoring games. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate that the season is, is trending the way that it is. But, um, you know, I look forward to, to the preparation of, of, of next season and being able to continue business as usual with the draft and things like that. But um, this season is looking very, very, very high risk. So yeah. I would agree ahead. with that. No, I was going to say I agree with that. Yeah, it's – it's really hard to manage with teams dropping. If teams are going to be dropping on it from week to week, like, yeah, I agree. We just have to chalk it pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So we'll keep a close eye on it. But, um, yes, it's, it's it's definitely trending in the wrong direction. Um, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about some, some great to trade here. So we had a trade take place in our league uh, a couple days ago between – me and Jamal. Jamal sent his first round pick in exchange for Joshua Kelly, a uh, second round pick owned by Danny, a third round pick owned by you, and a fourth round pick uh, owned by Tamron. And um, I really like this trade for uh, for both parties, really. Um, I gained a potential top six pick in a good draft class um, in exchange for, you know, a, a, a high floor RB2. And um, Jamal gained, you know, desperately needed running back production. You know, he's he's out there starting um, Jeff Wilson and you know Frank Gore, um, and um, you know Joshua Kelly has a he has a three down skill set. Uh, he plays in an offense that's dedicated to running the ball, and he's already ranked you know RB twenty two in Dynasty ahead of you know David Montgomery, Le'Veon Bell, uh, David Johnson, those guys. So Jamal had to exchange you know like I said a, a, a top six potentially draft pick, but. He gained a lot of draft capital to go along with uh, a solid running back that he desperately needed. So for me, I like the trade, especially because I drafted Joshua Kelly late in the third round. And um, all of the picks that I packaged with that trade, Kurt, they were all free. So the second round pick for, 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 from Danny I got from picking Higby up off waivers and trading him to him. And the third round pick was a compensatory pick from you. And the fourth round pick was free because I got it for Daryl Williams. So I like the trade for me, essentially, based on what I invested. It was just Joshua Kelly for a first-round pick. So after drafting him in the third, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that trade. Yeah, I thought that I thought this trade was a good move for uh, for both parties. Um, you know, I know I, you, typically I'm a little cautious about trading like first-round picks, but in Jamal's case, I think he needs um, a lot actually. Uh, so he got a, a running back that he can play like right now, and then he'll be able to you know, potentially hit on, you know, some good second, third, and even the fourth round pick. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think it's a good trade for, uh, for, for both parties. You know, you get the top six pick uh, or potentially a top six pick 
and you know he gets a, a running back and you know some depth uh, hopefully with the with the draft. Yeah, I agree. Based on his team build, um, you know he he needs a lot more than just just a running back. He could have potentially kept that pick if that pick was six. He could have drafted you know like a Chuba Hubbard from college. But I was talking to you about this on on you know offline. Uh, there aren't really any backs in this draft class that I really profile as, you know, an Ezekiel Elliott or, you know, um, uh, an Alvin Kamara, uh, like, you know, like an elite three-down skill set back. Uh, I think a lot of these backs are complementary backs, really good in college. But even like Travis Etienne, I see him as a complementary back. He's smaller and um, very powerful runner at the college level, but his style doesn't always necessarily translate uh, running through tackles like that in the NFL against much bigger, stronger, more physical players. So we'll have to see how these rookies uh, pan out. But uh, for Jamal, he could have stayed in, locked with that pick and drafted, you know, one of those guys. But I think the way his team is built, he needs a lot more than just a running back. And I got uh, Anthony Gibson and Antonio Gibson, I'm sorry, and uh, Joshua Kelly in the third round. And, you know, he could just hammer on RBs with those extra picks. He's got two in the second round two and a third, and he's got three fourth-round picks, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I like to trade for both. I gave both parties a B. Uh, so let's go through quickly the, the week three recap. Uh, I won my matchup against KB. Justin won his matchup against Chris. That was a closely contested game. You won your matchup against Tabron. Danny won his matchup barely against Rio, and BT won his matchup easily against Elmo and uh, Tabron, um, surprisingly. Uh, won his matchup against Jamal. This nigga's fucking up my number one overall pick, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we probably should have if 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 you wanted that number one pick, man, we, he could he should have just kept uh, benching Drew Brees for uh, Golden Tate or whatever the hell he did like uh, earlier in the season. <laughs> that would have been so fire, bro. That would have been so fire. Yeah, Tate Brown is that dude. He's um he's he's right to continue to set his lineup to you know try to win. It's not like he has his has his pick, but I'm just you know other teams are in such bad shape, bro. It's just looking to to shape up to be such a crazy season where you know uh, preseason predictions aren't aren't necessarily going to come to fruition. Um, we're getting through this shit like really really quickly, so we can kind of slow it down a little bit when we talk about the week four preview. Um, but first, let's talk about the Soldier Boy shootout of the week, bro. It's got to be. Packers versus Falcons, right? Man, the way the Falcons defense is looking, it might they might be in the Soldier Boy shootout every week, family. Like they be out there uh, getting the ball thrown down their damn throat. So yes, yes, I would say yeah for that one. Um, the Falcons defense looks atrocious, but they can score a lot of points, and they definitely like sling that thing when it's garbage time too. So yeah, that's that's looking like the shootout of the week. Yeah, I think the Packers have, you know, a decent defense. Um, but I, I still expect there to be a lot of points scored in this game. The only thing that that I'm a little nervous about from the perspective of this being a really high-scoring game is just the fact that so many wide receivers are injured for the Packers right now. Do we know for sure if Devontae Adams is, is out or not? Um, I, The last I heard, he was practicing – in, in full on Friday. So, I, I mean, my assumption is that he's going to play just based on that. But I also saw reports that said that he wasn't coming back until he was 100%. So I'm not really sure. That's what that's what I was trying to figure out. Because first I saw that he was practicing full pads. 
but then I saw that he still got a limited tag. So I'm not, I'm not really sure. And then he, I, I did see the comment about him not playing until he was fully, you know, 100%. But if he, if he plays and he, like Aaron Jones is playing, obviously, like that's definitely uh, the shutout of the week. My second pick for the Soldier Boy shutout of the week was, was the, the Chiefs Patriots. And that's, bro, that's abundantly fucking chalk. Even if, even if they play like Monday or Tuesday, the Patriots with no cam, like Brian Hoyer back there, like, bro, this is, yeah. I mean, it'll be a shootout on one side. Yeah, yeah but don't disrespect to them like that, bro, because, you know. Oh, uh, he ain't playing. Oh, uh, damn. <laughs> 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 fucking uh, smoke. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the third string QB. He's so trash. I wasted a pick. <laughs> anyway, I'll go ahead. No, nah, but yeah, um, if Cam played, like, yeah, that would have been a good good matchup for fantasy purposes. Man, so, so like, all right, I'm thinking, like, now, we just saw the Chiefs put up a lot of points on the Ravens, right? So, like, but we're expecting, like, the expectation would have been if this game was to be played, that Cam Newton was going to keep pace with the Chiefs? Is that what we would expect? Yeah. So do we think that Cam is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson, or is that too simplistic? Oh, always, oh okay. Okay. <laughs> Bro, I was, I was the one getting into arguments with people on Twitter because they thought that the season that Lamar Jackson had last year was better than Cam Newton's 2015 season, and it wasn't. The the year where they went to the Super Bowl is that is that the year? Yeah, no, no, it wasn't even even from an an accomplishment standpoint because Cam made it like further. He actually made it to the Super Bowl, and Lamar Jackson got bounced in their first game off by, but he wasn't even statistically better than Cam. Yeah, Cam was on another level that year, man. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's he's the better quarterback. I mean, he's the better thrower of the football. And in his prime, he was just as dangerous as a rusher, just in a different way. He just ran with, you know, a lot more power. And Lamar Jackson's, like, got the juke stick and, you know, makes people miss open field, things like that. And they completely designed that offense around him. You know, putting a couple read options into the Panthers' offense isn't necessarily designing an offense around Cam. You know what I mean? Cam yeah. could have rushed 1,000 yards a season if he wanted to, you know, so. But, yeah, that's neither here nor there. Um, let's get into the week four preview, which is, you know, kind of changed significantly after, uh, you know, the news that we got over the past few days about, you know, all these games being, um, you know, canceled. So me versus Justin, um, bro, if, if I don't, if I don't like have the chiefs available to play, like, I don't know, even know if I have enough players to play like in this matchup, I already have so many injuries, bro. So. I'm not really sure I even have enough enough bodies to throw into this game. Yeah, uh, looking at like uh, looking at the matchup um, Thursday, it looked like it was going to be really lopsided in your favor. But uh, with with the Chiefs, I I haven't really taken a taken a good look at your bench or like to see who you were plugging into your lineup. But I did notice that Justin was playing um, Chris Herndon and Dalton Schultz, so. Um, I still like your chances, but I think he's so trash. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I I think like let me see. This is who I would be able to play. If I don't have any Chiefs, I would be playing 
Ryan Fitzpatrick and Aaron Rodgers versus his Deshaun Watson and Dalton Schultz. That's a W. So advantage there. The running backs, I'll be playing Mike Davis and Dalvin Cook versus Zeke and Mixon. And the receivers would be Nuke and Odell versus he doesn't have Juju. Who does he have? Versus Julio and Keenan Allen. And then my tight end would be Zach Ertz versus um, Gerald Everett. In my flex, I would have to play CeeDee Lamb and Antonio Gibson. So, yeah, this is gonna be, this is, would be just an ugly game, bro. Yeah, I actually think listening to that receiver matchup, bro, you could be in, in, in trouble just, just in that matchup. But uh, I just don't I – don't, I don't know about – I think I think this one you should still win just because I know Chris Herndon didn't do anything and I I don't yeah Dalton Schultz I don't think you have to worry about that guy so yeah there's there's no winners in this matchup Kurt there's, there's there are no winners here but yeah if if I had to pick like going into week four like who's gonna win this game I'm picking myself bro because Justin's ass like I don't fuck like he's trash bro like I'm picking me. But um, yeah, this is just this is just a joke of a matchup. Um, you versus Chris, like no one's been affected on your team, and Chris doesn't have you know his best player, and yeah, he wasn't gonna beat you if his team was full strength. So I'm taking you in this matchup versus Chris. Danny versus BT. Who do you got here, bro? Did you look at this matchup? I think I'm taking Danny. I think I'm taking Danny in that matchup. Uh, hmm. Yeah, none of the like none of the uh, he doesn't have Chiefs or Patriots because I haven't looked at the matchup since since that that uh, was announced. But I think I'm still rolling with Danny in that matchup. Who you got? Yeah, I have Danny as well, just because BT's team has such a such a low floor, and he had to pivot to Haskins and. Uh, you know, I just don't really feel good about the prospects of his team on a week-to-week basis, knowing that so many of his players are are boom-bust and touchdown-dependent. So I'm taking Danny in that matchup. Elmo versus KB. This is an ugly one, bro. Who do you have here? Until until I see that Elmo can score 200 points, I'm going to take the field versus Elmo this, this year, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um until I see Lamar Jackson score more than twenty points, bro, it's kind of hard to take KB over anybody. I I, I guess I take KB, but um, Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram have to play a really tough Washington front, and I mean his receivers could be okay. AJ Green is gonna be, you know, out there out there limping down the field against uh, AJ Henderson. So, I mean, I don't know. Tom Brady against an okay Chargers defense. I don't know. This, bro, I'm looking at these matchups, and it's just making me think, like, why the fuck are we even playing this year, bro? This is awful. Like, look at who Daniel Jones and Minshew with Tyler. This nigga starting Tyler Eifert, bro. (laughs) This is, bro, this this is a fucking fantasy football wasteland. This is Dynasty Doomsday, bro. Matter of fact, that's the that's the that's the the title of the podcast, bro. This is this is Dynasty Doomsday. But um, if I had to pick, I guess I pick. Fuck it, I'm picking Elmo. 
Ooh, to pull out the upset. Yeah, I'm picking Elmo, bro. KB's team is ass. Um, Ray versus Tabrone. I was going to pick Ray, but Ray didn't pick up a quarterback. I don't know. Like, why is Ray not going to get Mullins or or uh, Nick Foles? Uh, I mean, that is a great question. I don't know. But I looking at the way that – okay. Is this going to be the final lineup set here? That's what I need to know because if it doesn't even matter that he doesn't have a QB, if Tabron is going to play Randall Cobb in his in his uh, super flex, what is he doing? No, How is he doing that? He isn't. He isn't, bro. It's it's when I when I switched the settings and removed the flex, it made everybody's lineups funky, and he just hasn't fixed his. Oh, okay. So when okay. he when he puts Drew Brees in his lineup, Ray's going to fucking lose. Yes. I agree. Uh, yeah. And then Will Fuller is only going to play one quarter until he tweaks his hamstring again. Yeah. So Ray needs to go get – why doesn't Ray just send like a fourth-round pick or some shit for, for, for the one start from Mullins to secure a win? He's he's a team that could potentially get into the playoffs. Why is, is he fucking is he fucking slow or some shit? Why doesn't he just go get a quarterback? He wants Elmo's pick to – he wants – the uh, pick that Elmo has of his to be good, bro. I think that's that's what's happening here. <laughs> he, it's not like he, he can't take for his own pick. Like, what is he doing? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me that this dude wouldn't try to go acquire a spot starter for, like, a late-round pick. Kareem Hunt against Drew Brees, that's just not a matchup that I want. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I get whatever competitive, uh, competitive advantage I can on a week-to-week basis, especially when I'm, you know, a fringe playoff team who started with an easy schedule. Ray hasn't played me or you yet. He did play Justin. He put off the upset against Justin. But, dude, his, his schedule is only going to get harder as the season goes on. So I would be trying to secure all these wins against the Tabrons of the league as I possibly can going into the tough part of my schedule. So, uh, anyway, that's neat to handle there. Until until Ray picks up a QB, I'm picking Tabron. Um, what's the last matchup? Rio versus Jamal. Who do you have here, Kurt? Uh, I'm taking Rio. Yeah. Um Well, I think I don't know. Let me let me assess this now that he has Kelly. Um because nah, I'm taking Rio. Yeah. I think I think Rio wins this one, but I think it's gonna be a close game. Like uh like all all of Rio's games are. <laughs> but um I the reason why I'm I'm gonna lean towards uh Rio is because I know that the Chargers, like I know he just acquired acquired uh, Joshua Kelly, but the Chargers played the Buccaneers, so that's not really like a a favorable matchup for a for a running back anyway. So, um, and he already has the the four points from Frank Gore uh, in his lineup, and Rio already has twenty from Jamison Crowder. Then we talked about that Atlanta in uh, Green Bay matchup possibly being a shootout. I mean, I think. You know, the way that Aaron Rodgers has been spreading the ball around, this could be a big game even for M- MVS, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to lean towards Rio in this matchup. Who do you have? I got Jay Mula. Okay. Me and, me, and Jamal, me and Jamal discussed, you know, Joshua Kelly when, you know, we were discussing the trade before I sent him over. And, you know, I pretty much told him, like especially after he's already started Frank Gore, that Kelly's not really startable for the next like two weeks. Like I would, I mean, I wouldn't against Tampa Bay and New Orleans, but I would have started him over Frank Gore 
He just didn't have that luxury because the trade was made like after the fact. But even without Kelly being able to be be inserted into the lineup, and I'm, I'm not even sure that he shouldn't be still because Jeff Wilson, I mean, I don't know what that San Francisco backfield looks like, but I think like one of those backs are coming back. So And Jeff Wilson had like 10 carries for 15 yards or some shit. Yeah, you don't like to see so, yeah. So I, w- I would be interested in, in like potentially starting Josh Kelly anyway. But it, my point is he doesn't have a good RB option. But even without that solid RB option, Rio starting Gus Edwards. That's a that's a valid point. That's valid. So so he doesn't he doesn't have much of an RB advantage over Jamal. And I think that's where Jamal loses most of his margin on a week to week basis because he gets blown out of the water from the RB position. But Rio doesn't have that. And another thing, Kurt. Jamal just got his best player back. He's he's a Kittle injury away from being one and two as opposed to zero oh and three. And with Andrews playing a good matchup versus Washington and Kittle being back with Ayuk uh, playing as well as he did last week and probably being a safe floor option even with Debo and Kittle back, I still think he gets you know a fair amount of touches, enough touches to give him a, a high enough floor in this matchup. He's got Diggs and he's got. Two QBs with a lot of upside, Joe Burrow. The Bengals are always going to be in close games and shootouts just due to the nature of their team. And he's got, you know, Matt Ryan, who is playing Green Bay, and they're going to have to put up some points. So, uh, you know, Rio starting, Phillip Rivers, Richard Rodgers, MVS. I had Marquez Valdez-Scantling last year, bro, when Devontae Adams was injured in one of my other leagues. And he is not a replacement for anybody. He's either a deep ball touchdown for fantasy production or a zero. Like he's just not good. Yeah, you don't you don't like to see that. No, and if, if Devontae Adams is playing, I'm really like not giving a fuck about Marquez Valdez Scanlon. And he's got Gus Edwards and you know, we know where Rio's production is gonna come from. It's gonna come from Prescott and Nick Chubb. So I don't know. Maybe it's an upset, but uh I'm taking Jamal in that matchup. So moving on, let's talk about the updated power rankings. Let's start with the last place team, Elmo. Kurt, this this may be the worst team in the history of our league. From just from yeah, I mean, man, he has put up <laughs> such a low amount of points. So I can see why you would say that. Yeah, like, yeah. This, this may be from from a point per game output perspective. I will have to go back and see, uh, you know, back on Yahoo's platform because I remember Rio had like a really really bad season uh, several years ago, uh, and that's how he got the the number one overall draft pick to take Odell when we were just a, a keeper league. But um, yeah, almost teetering on that like worst of all time meter right now. And the second worst team of all time, as it stands, coming in at number 11, is uh, Tabron. Um, he's 10th place in our standings, but uh, yeah. Yes, this is one of the worst worst constructed dynasty teams I've ever seen. Uh, at number 10, we got Jamal. Uh, I think Jamal is actually going to win you know, a, a handful of games this season. Um, as long as he can stay healthy, he does have you know, two really good QB options and you know, in a tight end premium league, he has two top five tight ends and one's been injured, one's been underperforming. So 
I think he can, you know, he can move up a little bit in these rankings throughout the season. We got Rio coming in at number nine. He's two and one in fifth place. Are, are we too low on Rio's team? Uh, no, he beat KB because KB suffered a lot of injuries during that matchup, and he beat Ray because Ray put Malcolm Brown on the bench. No, he should be he he could be on three right now. That's true. That's true. Uh, KB dropped two spots. Um, now he's he's he dropped two spots in our power rankings and also dropped two spots uh, in in the standings. Uh, yeah, he's he's in ninth place. And I one and two. So and let's talk about this for a second before we conclude the podcast, because the power rankings is the last thing, you know, in the show notes to do. KB and Justin's teams, bro. They mortgaged everything for this COVID-19 season. And it's the season's chalked, bro. Yeah. I mean, I think we discussed this over, you know, prior to the season starting too, but I just... The way that I view view things, I will look at so you so you won a championship last year. So I would look at your team and see what moves I can make to compete with your team because you would be the team that I would be gunning for, right? If me putting all of pushing all of my chips in, like has my team in a position where it's good enough to win if I get extremely lucky then I'm not pushing all my chips in, you know? I'm going to slowly try to rebuild that. But these dudes went all in for to, for the win now, and they would have needed a tremendous amount of luck to, like, have the best team in the league. And instead, they suffered injuries, and, you know, now, now shit is looking shaky for them, and they don't have anything in place for the future. Yeah, I I agree. I, and also, like you mentioned, we called this at the beginning of the season. With Justin's team mortgaging away his entire future to have, you know, what we thought in our humble opinions as the third best team. And then now after all these injuries and COVID and things like that, his team's looking even worse. And his best player is on IR right now. It's just, it, in my opinion, it's never a good idea when you're that far away from the top teams from a talent perspective to try to, you know, mortgage away your entire future to go all in on, on one season, especially a season with so many question marks and, and red flags. Because if this season's completely lost, what the fuck was the point of them doing what they did with their with their with their draft picks in the future? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, but even even without COVID, I think I think KB is done, man. I think his season is over with. Yeah, I don't think he can make the playoffs. I mean, I don't want to say I don't think he can because with everything that's shaking out right now, um, he could potentially. But, yeah, I, I think it's a lose-lose for both of these dudes if whether the season continues or not. Because if the season is canceled uh, from a fantasy perspective, if our fantasy season is canceled, then Justin KB just got shit on, bro. Like... <laughs> I mean, they mortgaged away everything, and and Justin's gonna come back. Julio Jones is gonna be thirty two, going on thirty three years old, and AJ Green's gonna be thirty two, going on thirty three years old, and like you don't even know where AJ Green's gonna be. You know, he's on a franchise tag, and like Julio is is becoming the wide receiver two in his own offense, and 
Zach Ertz can't get a deal done with the Eagles, so he may not be an Eagle next year, and he's about to be 30 years old. And, you know, I mean, Justin also doesn't have a second QB. So what if, what if you know, John Elway decides that, you know, we, we saw the graphic that I sent to the, to the chat earlier with Drew Locke, Rippon, and uh, Driscoll being the lowest-graded uh, QBs by Pro Football Focus. What if John Elway decides that, shit, like, we're a bottom-five team. I'm just going to draft Trey Lance. And move on from from Drew Lock. I mean, what what is Justin gonna do with his team? You know, I mean, I don't know. Like honestly, I can't really think of what he what he would do. Uh, he, he usually finds a way to to stay to to stay competitive. So, you know, he'll probably figure out a way to make something shake. But I don't know. You know, if uh, I don't know what he's gonna do to to be where he's been you know, for the past few seasons, which is um, a top two team. I don't I don't know how he gets back there. Yeah, I think I've always been able to see a path, you know, for Justin to kind of rebound because he, he's a good GM and he does it, you know, every year. But this is why it's scary to me. When I'm looking at Justin's team and KB's team and putting myself in their shoes from an ownership perspective, I don't know how I would fix those teams. And me having the experience and the wealth and knowledge that I do about Dynasty, if I'm looking at these teams and I'm kind of stuck as to what I think should be done with them, that's kind of scary for me. So we'll see what happens. Um, I don't don't think – for KB, I don't think he's going to be able to do anything this season. And Justin, uh, maybe when Christian McCaffrey comes back, he can, you know, rebuild the core of his team. But he has so many holes and question marks. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's going to be able to climb back into that top two stratosphere that you mentioned. He's been in for the past several years, and next year, the arrow's only trending downward for both of these teams. So that's KB. He comes in at number eight. BT here at number seven. At one and two, he's seventh place in our league standings as well. Um, like I said, BT is a is a low floor, high ceiling team. So you're going to see a lot of variance with BT on a week to week basis. He can beat anybody in the league because his team is explosive, and he can lose the worst team in the league because his team has such a low floor. Uh, Kurt, why don't you go through uh, team six all the way to one? I'm going to step away for a second. All right, so at number six, we have Chris. Chris is um, one and two right now. Uh, He's eighth place in the standings, I think. Um, Chris... uh, has some players returning from injury. Um, he just recently made a trade with the uh, KB um, to acquire Cam Newton. I think that's you know uh, Chris is in our power rank is where he should be like about like a, a playoff team, bubble playoff team. Um, Ray is number five, um, sixth place in the standings. Um, he's two and one uh, right now. Uh, if he um, made a different lineup decision, so uh, his team is pretty good. So that's you know that's where he is. Uh, let's see. Let's move on. So uh, number five, I mean number four, we have Justin's team. Um, Justin's team moved from third to to fourth um, in our power rankings last week, and also in the league standings. Um, we discussed that Justin's team. Um, 
suffered some injuries, uh, un- uncertain about the t- second quarterback situation. So that's, you know, why he is where he is. Um, number three, we have Danny. Danny is – his team is pretty deep. He has uh, some some young talent on the team. Uh, you know, I think we discussed uh, Danny's team before. And, you know, the only thing about about his team is I think Danny, Danny has enough firepower to beat just about anybody in the league. But he has a lot of good players that aren't in the greatest of situations. So, um, you know, it's uh, – pretty iffy on a week-to-week basis on who's going to have a good game and who is not. But what I think what has been consistent for Denny so far this season is that he has a pretty uh, high floor. So he's, the, he's uh, you know, that's, that's who we start the top three with. Um, number two, we have Cam, uh, 3-0. and You know, uh, suffered some injuries, kind of set him back, but – I mean, consistently scores in the 240, 250 range, even with the injuries. Um, yeah, you know, probably the you know the best team um, from a talent perspective when fully when fully healthy. Uh, just you know, injuries have them in second right now. Then the number one, you know, we have my team, three and zero, number one in the standings right now. And yeah, my my team is just. You know, he just been doing some some great things, man. We've been going crazy, uh, scoring a lot of points on a week to week basis. I mean, have a lot of blowouts. You know, um, my running backs are clicking, my receivers are clicking. I mean, what what one do you want from me? You know, uh, no, but you know, so that's our power rankings right there. What more do you want from me? <laughs> I can tell you what I want from you. I want you to stop scoring so many fucking points. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty. That pretty much wraps everything up. I mean, just a few takeaways again from from these teams. Like Elmo, he's been hit by the injury bug. Uh, he's been hit by some bad trades. A lot of them intentionally self inflicted because I think he's he's tanking. Tabron goes without saying. He's you know he's the worst fantasy gamer in the league. His team is. Poorly constructed. There's no surprise that he's at the bottom. Jamal's been hit with some injuries, and he's also in a rebuilding process, as well as Rio coming in at number nine. He's rebuilding as well, so it's it's a bit of a surprise that he's uh, ahead in the win column. Um, KB mortgaged his entire future away to compete this year, and that's looking like it's going to be detrimental for years to come. He's Currently ninth place in the league, and uh, I don't really know how he's going to rebound this season or beyond going into the next couple seasons with the the minimal draft capital that he has. VT, uh, VT uh, is pretty much where he's been for the past several years, and you know, given his lack of activity, he's probably going to be here for the next ten years. Chris, same way, you know, you mentioned I heard you call out the trade that he just made, so. Maybe if Chris continues to do some dealing, he can get out of this, you know, mid-tier range that he's been in for the past four years. But I won't hold my breath. Ray, he's another team that I talked about at the beginning of the year who's been ascending. And uh, I continue to be impressed with uh, the, the moves that Ray's made and the stride that he's made with his team over the past, uh, you know, season and a half. Justin is a team who, who I'd say, from a dynasty perspective, the arrow is definitely pointing downward. Uh, absolutely. Uh, he bolstered his roster by trading away all of his future picks. I mean, he doesn't have a first or second round pick for the next three seasons. So 
the only way that he can uh, reconstruct his roster is to get rid of one of you know his core pieces, and you know that that's always a wash generally. Uh, Danny, uh, his team is arrow pointing upward for this season as well as you know the next couple of years. He's done a good job of building a really young team that should sustain their success over the next few seasons. My team goes without saying, bro. The dynasty demigod. Uh, nothing much has changed, Kurt. You're sitting here with a team that has the RB1, the wide receiver one, the QB2. Look, I mean, your team is cheesy, bro. I mean, I mean, what are we supposed to do against the RB1, the the, the wide receiver one, and the and the QB2 and the QB6 and the RB7 and the tight end eight? I mean, I mean, what do you want us to do, bro? Uh I don't know, man. You know, uh, just, just I just want some people in the league who who spent the summer disrespecting me to just put a little respect on my name. You know what I mean? I know I know a little bit about this fantasy stuff, bro. Just a, just a little bit, you know, just a little bit. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's been impressive, man. It's been a fun season. Like I said, I'm I'm looking forward to the remainder of the season to see just how everything kind of shakes out, man. Uh, I don't know if you had any additional notes on. You know, uh, what you want to uh, speak on in regards to, you know, COVID impact and implications that the season could potentially have. But I'm looking forward to playing the season. I mean, it'll be fun, bro, to play some players in my lineup that I never would have played, you know, if it weren't for COVID. So it just be funny to kind of see how these how these things shake out. But um, I'm hoping that the league can kind of rebound and, and, and get their, you know, their, their processes and procedures um up to par and we can prevent things like this happening on, on a week-to-week basis throughout the season and maybe we can salvage the fantasy season um i just can't say I'm, I'm i'm too hopeful about it but i don't know if you had anything uh to add to that no nah, man it just hey bro this is how i stay uh the tracy mcgrady of the league bro if 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 this year gets canceled, bro, I'm having my best season, and it gets canceled because of COVID. I have to have the worst luck, bro. I mean, it's just I just don't know who has worse luck than me, man. Like I I just <laughs> I just don't know, bro. Bro, we could we could do a, a full hour long episode about your five year journey in this league and all the times things didn't break right for you, bro. So I definitely definitely feel your pain. I mean. Yeah, it's just it's it's super unfortunate given the state of things right now. I just you know, I was talking to a few other commissioners and in, in the other leagues that I play in, and we're all just kind of at a loss, bro. It's been exhausting just to get the league to where it is now. You know, for the NFL and all the preparation and work that went into that, and same thing for fantasy GMs, just making sure that we put things in place to make sure that we can have a season and and making sure we stay nimble and adjust on the fly to things that you know come about. But it's just you know, eventually our hands are tied and. Uh, it puts us in a very difficult situation to be able to to, to maintain a full season. So we'll, we'll see how everything pans out. Um, anyway, that's the show. That's the show. As always, please tune into our next episode. We'll do a week four recap Tuesday. Uh, as long as all these games get fucking played and we have something to talk about, and we'll continue to do the podcast as long as we have football on Sundays. Hopefully. Uh, week four will just be a lesson to the NFL and they'll clamp up on their procedures and we'll be able to finish the season. And um, yeah, I'm hopeful that'll be the case. Anyway, I'm rambling. Drop the outro. Holla at you boys later. And remember, it's up there and it's still stuck there.
Peace.